Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I am delighted to be joined today by Dimity McDowell. Yep, here I am, joining. <laughs> joining, fresh fresh off the plane from Alaska. Fresh off the boat. Um, yes, yes, Alaska. Oh my gosh, wow. That state is so big, Sarah, so <laughs> big. I can't even tell you. I mean, we were in like, you know, a slice of a slice of a slice of it, and <laughs> it still felt huge. I mean, wow. It, it 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 defies all descriptions. You you live in a state with huge vistas, and it seemed like you were really blown away by the vistas there. I really was. I mean, that's the thing. I couldn't stop taking pictures of them. And part of it is just like, well, Denali, right? Okay, so Denali is I, I can't as as I just can't remember things, but say it's two million acres. It's not that big, but there's it's it's huge, right? And um, mm-hmm. you get to go in. Um, the way that they do it, you, most cars cannot go in. You can't go on in beyond 15 miles. You have to get on this um, bus, which looks like a school bus from the outside, but the seats are a little bit more comfortable from the inside. A little, not <laughs> not much, but a little. And um, anyway, so you go on this, you have to get a ticket and you go on the bus and you can go into, I think it's around mile 40 or 36 or something like that. You go into the Eielson Visitor Center when it, the round trip takes about eight hours. Okay. Because you're going at a pace wow. for grizzlies and things like that. Okay. I know it sounds like freaking forever. And I'm like, there's no way I'm riding the bus for eight hours. And we rode the bus for eight hours. I mean, the, the cool thing too about Denali is on those buses is what you do is you, you can just say, I want to get off. The bus driver stops and you get off because there's no trails. You just get off oh. wherever you want and you can go. Mm. Um, and then you, and then to get, and then to get it back, you just, you know, get back to the road and, you know, put your thumb out. And if there's room on the bus, you get to get back on it. So, um, so it's, that's kind of fun. Um, and we did do that at one point, actually, I should tell that story, but anyway, but every time you turned around, you know, every time we went around a corner in Denali, there was like another massive Vista, like it's just everywhere, you know, and then driving over this, you know, we were going over to a glacier. I mean, the glaciers, like we went, um, Oh, we went uh, glacier trekking one morning, which was um, interesting. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was cool to be on crampons and, you know, walk over crevasses oh. and pretend like we were falling down them when we really weren't. <laughs> um, and uh, and then that, so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, we kind of went at a slow pace because um, we were being guided and we had, you know, various levels on our group. And then that afternoon, um, our, like our, our guide took us up um, <laughs> this really kind of hard hike called Lion's Head. We were at the Matanuska Glacier, if you know um, Alaska. And so we went up this Lion's Head hike to see this vista, you know, to see, um, you could could have 360 degree views of this valley. And we, like, if, if, if the glacier was like your arm from your fingertips to your shoulder, like we had been on like your not, you know, just the top part of your nail, you know, just like this tiny little sliver. And this just this huge swath of ice is going up the valley and around a corner. And I mean, it's just, it's just never ending. Um, So that, that, that was just, it was just cool to see how um, untouched everything was. I'm sure that we have Mm -hmm. those kind of places in Colorado, but sometimes you stop appreciating them when you see them a lot. Right. So Yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was great. Awesome. 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 So, and do the rest of your fan, do uh, Grant and Amelia, do they feel like they missed out on something? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, they did a, their own little tour around, uh, actually, they went down to Mesa Verde in the Four Corners oh. of Colorado. And oh, wow. oh, I didn't uh, know did a little father-daughter road trip around Colorado. And then the Olympics started. And um, mm-hmm. let me tell you, like, holy cow, 
my kids, well, everyone's kind of a little bit crazy, but I mean, I, when I was young and I was about Amelia's age, I watched them from beginning to end and she wanted to do the exact same thing. So that's pretty much how mm-hmm. she spent <laughs> it's her week before, uh, vacate, you know, her school started, their school started kind of, um, in the middle of last week. So she had a week of just sitting around watching the Olympics before school started. Oh, particularly that it was that first week was swimming. Yes, so, and, yes. that, and that's her sport. Oh, that's awesome. I did think of you when you were last. I'm like, Dimity's missing the Olympics. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. I did miss it. But then I came home and I feel like I got like enough, right? Especially because it was so live, like live, mm-hmm. right? So I was ended up staying up late watching things that I didn't think that I would be interested in. Like, you know, um, oh, the Brazil versus China women's volleyball match. I mean, oh, that was amazing, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with China beating yeah. them and um, you know, so I, I feel like I got enough and plus, and then, you know, as soon as we got the cell phone was definitely, um, was not in range, which was a good thing. I, it was awesome to just kind of really tune out. But then uh-huh. once we came back into, um, like the, at the lodges in Denali, it would work or something like that. And someone would, you know, like give us a quick update. We'd be like, Oh, great. You know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you realize you don't miss it as much oh when goodness. you don't have access to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Well, it was certainly a trip you'll um, always remember and a wonderful experience to share with your mother and your son. So that's, that's great. Yeah, it was very fun. It was, it was great. I will say it wiped me out more than I thought it was going to just constantly moving. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and sleeping on the ground, sleeping <laughs> on the ground on the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> on the rocks. Exactly. But, um, but it really, I highly recommend it, especially for, you know, 10 was a really good age, because Ben could participate mm-hmm. in a lot of things like I think younger and, um, you know, I'm sure they, you know, you can do stuff and I'm sure you can find a lot of things to do with little kids, but it was really fun. Cause like, I wanted to go water rafting. I wanted to go glacier trekking. I wanted to, you know, go sea mm-hmm. kayaking. So, and he could do all those things cause he was old enough. So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So we have two guests today, one after another. They are both mother runners who star in the new documentary from fat to finish line, which recently debuted on iTunes and Amazon. As you might guess from the title, both women have lost a substantial amount of weight as they've become runners. The film focuses on a Ragnar relay team they're on, comprised entirely of people who have lost a substantial amount of weight. Um, all combined, I believe that the, um, the 12 members of the Ragnar team lost more than um, 1,200 pounds. So um, we're going to be joined first by Jen Rowe, then Katie Foster, but we're going to take a quick break to hear from our partner. Stay tuned. Our first guest is Jennifer Rowe, the producer and one of the stars of the new documentary From Fat to Finish Line. The journey that led Jen to make this film included chain smoking, heavy drinking, and poor eating habits, habits she started to modify and leave behind once she started running in her mid-30s. Jen is also the mother of a special needs son named Ben. So let's welcome Jen to the show. We're so glad you could join us to talk about your new film and your life story. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Jen, your metamorphosis from overweight chain smoker to dedicated runner is an unusual one that you shared on our website, actually, several years ago in the now defunct column, Why I Run. Uh, Can you give us the Reader's Digest version of your history and evolution? Sure. Um, Well, I'd always been a little chunky and I was never really very active. Um, I'd flirted with trying to lose weight over the years and would lose some, gain some, lose some, gain some. And then when I got pregnant with my son, I finally kind of said, well, screw it. I'm going to eat what I want and and not worry about calories. And um, that was a really, really big mistake because I ate myself up to uh, a really, really bad, obese uh, 
you know, uh, wait. So once I uh, had back my son, um, I, you know, I lost a couple of pounds from, you know, having him, but I was stuck with this massive weight gain that I just, I, I didn't even know what to do with. It wasn't, uh, you know, acceptable. I couldn't move. I didn't feel good. I, I didn't even recognize the body I was in. And uh, looking down at this new little guy that I had to be responsible for, for I knew I had to make a change. So I decided to just, you know, kind of go back to um, watching my A and decided that no matter how long it would take, I would stay on this path. Um, and it was more important for me health-wise than anything else. Um, and I think that's what changed for me. So about two years into the weight loss journey, things went really, really slow. Um, I found a self-help book. And uh, the self-help book um, pretty much said make a life, you know, a hundred goals um, to accomplish in your life. And um, I got stuck. I was a little bit depressed. I was having a hard time and I couldn't get through this list. Um, around number 20 or 30, I started to make stuff up. And um, <laughs> one of the things that made it to the list was to run a five-mile marathon, um, because that's how those much special, I running. Yeah. Yeah, those special <laughs> five-mile marathons, huh? Yeah, uh, that was the, I had no idea. Like, I, I didn't know run. I mean, you know, I might as well have also said I was going to learn how to speak Chinese because that's how much I knew about running. But I really just threw it on the list to fill the list out, um, to be honest. Well, 100 things <laughs> is a lot in, in, in your defense. I mean, I've tried to do that before, too. And, yeah, you end up being like, oh, how can I say travel to Africa a different way? Like, go to the seventh. <laughs> continent like you know like there's definitely a hundred is a lot it's very it's aggressive so but I I was like you know what I'm nothing's really working out for me and I'm going to at least finish this list that was that was at least the least I could do um and then a few chapters later it said go back to your list and look through it and pick something that's out of your comfort zone but that you could do right now so I'm looking and I'm like, well, I can't really travel to Australia right now and I can't do this, but maybe I could train for this, this running thing. And it, it had to be out of your comfort zone. And really on my list, that was probably the, the biggest thing out of my comfort zone. I had no idea about running. Um, and my business partner and friend, Angela, was a runner and she had recently just did, she had recently just ran the... Uh, Surf City Half Marathon. She had this really cool medal, and I, I thought that, you know, 13 miles was absurd. I, I, was, I thought that was nuts. Um, so, but in any case, from that big list, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this running thing. And um, I don't know what came over me. I Googled Half Marathon in New Jersey, where I live, and threw down $100 on a race I had no business throwing $100 down on with money I didn't really have at the time. And that was it. That was my action step. Um, and uh, it was insane to me. It was like saying I was going to the moon. That's how crazy it was to me to say I was going to become a runner. And this was uh, back in two th- 2010, 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. Did you get through that half marathon? I did. So I started a blog called From Fat to Finish Line, and it, you, it literally documented from day one of my running journey. And it was like, today I ran for one minute, and I'm screwed because I came and run for a minute, never mind 13 miles. And <laughs> um, people started to... I don't know, follow my journey, which was insane to me. So I think the accountability of having that blog and having the money down really, you know, and having a goal was the wow. thing, thing that really got me there. And my friend flew in from California and ran that oh. half marathon with me. So she wow, was that's, that's amazing. At my side. Sign and of friendship, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, 
and then I got hooked and along the way I actually you know got to my goal weight and um, more importantly than that what that experience gave me was this whole kind of concept of wow I can achieve things you know once I was able to run one mile you know running for one mile without walking was like winning the Boston Marathon I mean it it shattered every self-limiting belief I had ever had about myself and it was it opened up a, a world of possibilities of what else can I do yeah that's awesome that's a good like one-two punch like a blog and money you don't really have towards an entry fee mm-hmm. you know like that's like and, that's accountability galore right there right and for me I have a sense of humor so to me it was hilarious like I'd go to a dinner party <laughs> at 200 pounds and be like I'm running a marathon and I thought that was hysterical at the time you know and <laughs> Um, and people, and I got two, I, I got two reactions. People either cracked up with me and said, you're crazy girl. Or they'd be like, yeah, you could do it. You know? So, you know, I, I always like a good story too. So that helped. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that you obviously achieved that goal. What are you doing? Do you have any goals on your horizon for your running these days? Are you training for anything or do you have uh-huh. another Ragnar in your future? Or? Uh, well, I, I am training for, I'm training for my second New York city marathon and oh, my sweet. third marathon. So since yeah, so since that half marathon, I went on to do the Ragnar. I went on to do, I don't know, maybe 30, 30 half marathons, countless 10Ks and 5Ks wow. and a couple of marathons. So it really was the kickoff to this whole new world. Um, yeah, you've it, been busy in six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's been, it's been exciting. And especially as a mom, it's been, you know, something that uh, I really cherish that me time. Like it's, that's, that's my time to say... <laughs> I'll see you every, I'll see everybody later. And whether I'm on the treadmill or running outside or wherever I'm going, it's, it's fully my time. Right, right. So before we dive into talking about your film, we want to hear a bit, bit more about you, starting with your weight management. Uh-huh. Um, I, I saw in your blog that you recently switched to eating vegan. Um, <laughs> what, what prompted that shift and how's it going? Well, you know, I, I, I'd like to say I'm, I'm, um, it's been interesting. Like, you know, I, nobody likes meat and eggs and cheese more than I do. So, <laughs> like, every, everyone in my, of my friends who have always, who've tried this vegan thing, I'm kind of like, ha, 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 that's, that's great for you. Like, not, no interest. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I need to shake things up a little bit. Uh, weight ma- maintenance is hard. I've learned that I can't eat wherever I want, despite running, which is very annoying to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, I just wanted to get a little cleaner and a little healthier. So I decided to try this vegan thing. And it's been a couple of weeks now. And it's been pretty good. I would like to say that I'm mostly vegan, like I'm not <clears throat> afraid of like, oh, you know, a piece of meat fell onto my plate. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm, not one, I'm not that person yet, you know, so um so there's been some eggs in my in my life, you know, in the last couple of weeks. But for the most part, um, I'm trying to just eat healthier and more plant based, and it makes me a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's I, just a, a quick aside. I just got back from a trip to Alaska that we had. It was like a guided camping trip, mm-hmm. and so before we left, we had to fill out um, like our dietary restrictions. And my mom is pretty much a, she went to she's a vegetarian like through and through, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like. Uh, I'm a vegetarian too, because mostly I want to like avoid the foods that I don't like. There are a lot of meats I don't like, but I'm like, but I eat chicken and I'll have a hamburger. And like, the guys were giving me such a hard time. They were like, yeah, you're the vegetarian that, e- that eats red meat and chicken. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. That, yeah, it's the same thing. It's, I think it's good to kind of, you know, whatever works for you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, not I judgy. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, it was interesting because yeah. I just watched the movie last night um, and I thought it was very good. Congratulations on getting it out. Thank and you. doing such a good job on it. But what was interesting to me is that, like, and you just said it when you were talking about, you know, making your list of 100 is how hard it is. Like, you were like, I was in, I was two years into my weight loss journey and I was having a tough time. And I'm like, you kind of gloss it over. I'm like, two years? Like, that is over 700 days. Like that is a long ass time to be dedicated to one thing, especially when it's not easy. Right. So I guess, can you just talk a little bit about that perspective of like, God, I mean, because, you know, like we say training for a marathon is hard, but you commit to that for, you know, four or five months and you cross the finish line and you're done. Right. Like this is a lifelong thing. Right. And it starts not like you're like, you know, rolling a snowball down a hill. Like it starts in very gradual steps. So, so how do you get around that mindset? And You just kind of keep on going. Whether you're running a 200-mile race or you're losing weight, you just keep on moving forward one step at a time. If you fall down, if you stumble, I mean, you know, it's never a straight path. It wasn't like I was, you know, all grilled chicken and salad the entire two years or else yeah. maybe it would have been a little faster. But I enjoy wine and I enjoy uh, dessert. And, you know, I'm just, what I'm learning, what I've learned over the years is just trying to live in the gray area where I'm not all vegan and grilled chicken or, you know, vegetables or whatever, or, you know, a bacon cheeseburger with a a milkshake. I'm trying to find that middle ground. Um, So it's kind of like, and again, like this time around, it wasn't to get into a small pair of pants. It was I had preached, uh, preached, uh, what was it, uh, gestational diabetes mm-hmm. um, after having uh, been, I was told that I could possibly uh, develop diabetes um, if I kept going the way I was going, especially because of family history. <clears throat> and I decided that I wanted to be healthy, you know, so it was more of a health, you know, a healthy, a path for health than sure. I have to be skinny overnight. Yeah, true. So, so this uh, question will seem like it's coming a little from left field, but um, we were intrigued to learn that you've used hypnotherapy a few times, including uh-huh. when you quit smoking and when you were, I guess, super nervous about running last year's New York City Marathon. Uh-huh. Um, talk to us about doing what you call running hypnotherapy. All right. I would a thousand percent um, recommend this for anybody who's freaking out about race. Um, You know, unusual. I mean, a lot of us freak out about races, but if you really like are feeling like your life is going to be ruined if you can't do this race or you're almost paralyzed, um, which I think a lot of especially newer runners get. I mean, I wasn't a newer runner. I mean, I was just kind of a little bit undertrained. And because I'm a by nature, a student, if I'm off my training a little bit, then I'm failing, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I realized I wasn't enjoying this experience. And I was a week away from the race and really feeling insecure about my training. And just, just kind of freaking out about it and freaking out about cramping and not being able to make it and all of these what ifs going through my mind. And for me, um, that the New York City Marathon is my dream race. So it was the and it was the first time I got in there. And I didn't I didn't want to squander that opportunity or or discount the the training I did do, you know. So the, mm-hmm. so um I googled a hypnotherapist in where I live and found somebody and kind of emailed back and forth and asked her if she'd be a fit and she said she had worked with people like bikers. So she mm-hmm. felt pretty confident that she'd be able to help me. So I was like, okay, great. And I went in and I, it, you know, if you really open yourself to the process, it's a little hokey. It feels a little hokey, you know, but if you really open yourself to the process and allow 
your thinking to, I mean, it helps you change your thinking. So instead of playing out all the negative scenarios that can happen in your mind, essentially what happens is it lets you, it, it enables you to be able to play out all the good stuff that could happen and, and mm -hmm. see the victory instead of the defeat. So being able to change my mindset towards the race and feel victorious instead of defeated made that whole week leading up to the race really uh, great. And then when I got there for race day, I knew that no matter what, I'd make it. So is this just a one session or was this a couple sessions? No, or? I went for one session and then she, oh. she made an audio tape that I would listen to every night and like, you know, some affirmations that you read during the day and, you know, it was, you know, I like that. I mean, I was, I read the self-help book to begin with. I, I like all of that stuff. So, you know, mm -hmm. but it did work for me. Well, I think there's a lot of weight in that. I mean, you know, writing out affirmations and I mean, it sounds a lot like just about what we try to cultivate, right? With running right. is like try to try to maintain the positive and not and shut down the negative, right? Did, did you did you did you pull on it during the race? I, I certainly did. I mean, there was a few times where things got tough. It was a tough race. I, again, I wasn't all that trained. <laughs> not as trained as I could have been, I should say. Sure, I mean, was, sure. you know, I had a couple of good long runs, but in any case, um, when you're making a movie about running, you don't actually get to run as much as you'd like to. Isn't <laughs> that the funny part, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys relate, you know, between writing books and podcasts, it's like finding the time to do, to actually do the running sometimes. But in any case, um, it, um, so I wasn't feeling all that confident, but you know, the day was great. I, I, and I guess a few times I might have pulled it out, but I really generally felt very joyous during the race. Joyous. <laughs> well, let's that's talk a, a little bit about that. That's the movie. all we can all ask for in a marathon. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, okay. that's a great word, joyous. Okay, so yes. it's called From Fat to Finish Line. And so let's, uh -huh. um, can you walk us through the genesis of the film as well as the formation of the Ragnar team featured in it? So, first of all, how did the team come together? And then, how did the film come together? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Hmm? Um, well, it depends which one's the chicken, which one's the egg. But the, <laughs> it depends on whether we're vegan right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the team, the team came first. Um, uh -huh. So what's what's interesting is, and I think you're going to be speaking to Kate, Katie Foster, yeah. um, who's also a blogger. Um, she has a really popular blog, uh, Runs for Cookies, and Katie pre reached also followed my blog, um, and she reached out to me. And said, "Hey, you know, I'm a, I, I follow your blog, and we kind of knew about each other um, already from following each other." And she's like, "Listen, we're putting together this team. Um, we want to put together a team of people, all who have lost weight through running, and go and do a Ragnar." And you know, I'm not sure why I said yes to jumping in a van with a bunch of strangers from the internet, <laughs> but <laughs> the old me will have never done that. But the new me, okay, sure. Blogger from Michigan, or you know, I'm in. You know, so. Um, so I said, okay, yeah, um, I'm, I'm in. So basically I started to know, you know, as the team got formed, we got to know the rest of the, I got to know the rest of the teammates and found that everybody had these incredible stories. So I turned to my producing partner and we made some television shows together. We've done some other documentaries. We vowed never to do another documentary because they're labors of love and you don't really make money and it's a lot of work and we decide we're making money the next time we do anything, damn it. No more, you know, just, you know, these passion projects. But then I, you know, I told her, I was like, I think we might have to make this 
another documentary and I, I told her about the team and, you know, my stories and, and this Tone Jamal Ragnar that she had never heard of at the time. And she was like, oh, yeah, I guess we have to make this movie. So, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that's how, so that's how that starts. So we went back to the team and we told them that we'd like to document it because we thought that everybody's stories were inspirational and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here we are. Yeah. So I thought it was so intriguing to hear the weight loss success stories of each of the dozen runners on your Ragnar team. Is there one runner's tale that stands out in your mind? Oh, God, they're all like so they all have such um, a poignant oh, I know. point of view. But there's two. Um, <clears throat> Jen Small, who's an, um, a mom who's uh, who was on the team from Maine, she had some issues with her husband because when she decided to get healthy for herself, you know, sometimes, and I think this is a common experience for relationships, your relationship changes, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jen, um, especially, get, and I'm going to see her this weekend because she, we, we, we go up to Maine once a year and I, I get to visit with her. But oh, that's great. She, in the movie, um, she has struggle with her husband because she decides to lose weight and change. And I think this is common for a lot of women that when they decide to get healthy, especially make significant changes, there's some growing pains. And some relationships have a really much harder time than others because you're no longer that person who's going to eat crappy food or drink alcohol. You're getting up early to train. Sometimes you're leaving the husband home for hours with the kid or the kids when they're not used to that responsibility. So, you know... I felt like that was a story that's very relatable and interesting for a lot mm-hmm. of people in the movie. And she got back together. Then then there was a, her husband turned things around, right? And now they're both like right. athletes and yeah, just, just putting yeah. the, the fairy tale ending on that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I so really that- liked the, um, the woman and I, um, I can't remember her name right now, but the one that was halfway through a weight loss journey, weight like 60 pounds in or something like that. Yes, Allison. The, yeah, and she ended up taking two. Was it you that had the problem in the middle of the night? That was me. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. The cramps. You had major cramping, <laughs> yes. right? And so you, I mean, there was some crazy, it was, I felt like all those legs, it was either like three miles or nine miles. Like there was like not a lot of like gray in there, right? Like you're either like running forever or you're not running very long. It was um, a little crazy, Yeah. And uh, so you had some problems in the middle of the night with your leg. And what was her name that took the first two miles? Allison. Allison. I thought she was, I really liked um, the way that she presented herself and and just then the confidence that she got because she was nervous about coming into the team, not having lost, you know, double digits in weight loss yet, or triple digits, I'm sorry, um, which most people had. And then you ended up having some crazy cramp issues and she ended up being able Mm -hmm. to take two of your miles, like... That's another great fairy tale story, I thought. No, awesome, yeah. And she she was incredible, and she really pulled through for me when I needed her most. The other person that I was really impressed with was Katie because I've been I have been following her blog for a long time, and um, in the movie she really shared her struggle of you know being able to take off this weight in order to be the best mom she could be, and to me that was something that was very relatable to all of us. So, Jen, did you ever imagine that your weight loss journey would become so intertwined with your work? Like, does that create extra pressure to help you, you know, keep your weight maintained? Or does it help you stay motivated and focused? Or is it kind of a combination of the three, pressured, motivated, and focused, depending on the day? (laughs) Well, yes. First of all, no, I never in a million years dreamed that this would be my life. But it is a combination of all three. Sometimes I feel pressure because I feel like people are looking to me. 
you know, to see what I'm doing and, you know, as motivation. But the thing is, is, and it is motivation for me because I know people are looking. But the other thing I've learned is that, you know, being really honest and being really real about what's going on, whether or not you can't make it through the run <clears throat> in the middle of the night or, um, you know, you put on a couple of pounds because of whatever or you miss a few runs. These things are really important to share because if not, it becomes just like, oh, easy for you to do. Oh, yes, sure. You're a runner or yeah, you're you've got this, you know, and the truth is, is it's, you know, part of the journey is to struggle. And, you know, it's it's never, ever easy. So. Um, so, yeah, so I feel a little bit of pressure, but I also am not afraid to like you know, let the world know when I'm struggling. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's really smart because if you had one, um, Ava, right. From the biggest loser on there. Uh huh. Ada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, that's that show, you know, makes it look, it doesn't make it look easy by any stretch. Like having Jillian Michaels in your face yelling at you does not look easy, but, but they do have these amazing transformations, right. That just show up on your TV screen from like, you know, fat to absolutely fit right you know right. And, and then to- well and that's a really good example and she's in really good shape and in in our film she's probably up from what her finale was and um but she's in great shape and she does you know you know Ironman distance triathlon she's run marathon she was on our Ragnar team and the point is is that it's not always realistic, even for where my, my goal weight was. My lowest weight, I'm 20 pounds heavier than the lowest weight I hit, and I'm healthier and happier now. So mm-hmm. it's like learning, especially as you get older, right? I mean, you know, I'm mid-40s now, so it's not like I can lose weight overnight. I mean, even when I lost it in my, you know, when I was 36 or 37, when I, I started to take off, it was a slow process. Um, and I think it's finding a place where your body is happy and where you can be healthy and happy and, and, and maintain it. And, you know, I run and I eat well and, you know, that's, you know, I try not to let the scale dictate how I'm feeling mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So, so in a way I see another mother runner and from fat to finish line as being similar in that their movements, so to speak, born out mm-hmm. of creative process. So, you know, for us, it was one book and now three of them. And for you, mm-hmm. it was a documentary. So so where do you envision from fat to finish line going from here? Well, we really are developing um, a community of runners. Um, we're just kind of, much like you guys, definitely, um, just like open-armed, you know, new runners, overweight runners, older runners, younger runners, people who never thought they could run before. We kind of want, we are developing um, a community and a place where people could go for information, support motivation, inspiration. Um, we have a Facebook group right now, more than 3000 strong of runners from around the world that are just there to support each other Mm -hmm. on whether or not they're walk running their first mile or crossing their 10th finish line of a marathon. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so is that, um, so if someone wants to, so remind us first of all, how you can, um, see the movie and then also how to join your community. Sure. So you could see the movie. You could right now we're on Amazon and um, iTunes, and you could just kind of go on and look for From Fat to Finish Line. If you find us on Facebook, our our movie page is um, you know forward slash Fat to Finish, and if you uh, go there, all the details and how you can find the movie right now is there. Um, and then if you want it, if you're a new runner or you, even if you're not such a new runner, if you're looking for a great place for support and information and friendship. 
we have a little group on Facebook. It's uh, groups forward slash fat to finish. And uh, yeah, everybody's welcome to join. We just, it's a nice, really supportive place. We find a lot of people find each other to run with. Um, we've got several best friends in the group that kind of found each other through the group and now have, you know, running buddies. Um, a lot of us are very proud and myself included proud back of the Packers. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, it's a nice little, it's a nice little thing we got going there. We're really proud of it. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for joining us, Jen, and we wish you continued success with your film. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of you guys. I've read all your books, so uh, I really appreciate uh, being on the show. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye. Next up is Katie Foster, runner number one from the From Fat to Finish Line Ragnar team. Katie's a Michigan mother runner of two, who some of you might know from her popular weight loss blog, Runs for Cookies. Four years ago, Katie shed 125 pounds in about 16 months. Thanks for chatting with us, Katie. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We are excited to have you. So can you start by telling us about how and why you became a runner? Yes. Um, I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that I would one day be a runner. I always hated it when I was growing up and I had every excuse in the book not to do the one mile run that we were supposed to do at school. Um, but you then get your period in, all the time. That's what I did. I'm like, yeah, I, must, yeah. I can't do it right now, even though I hadn't yeah. even like gotten it period. Like not alone, not let alone like had it that specific moment. Right. And my mom <laughs> would always write a note for me because she knew how hard it was for me. But um, so and then in 2009, um, that was kind of when I had my like epiphany where I, I realized I really needed to lose weight. I was 253 pounds and my son Noah was five years old and he wanted to learn how to ride a bike and a two wheeler. So he wanted me to take the training wheels off of his bike. And um, so I started to run down the street with him next to him. He was really worried about falling off as kids are. And so I started to run down the street next to him and I just realized like I physically could not do it. I was gasping for breath and, um, I couldn't keep up with him. I was sweating. I, I, it never even occurred to me before then that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I realized in that moment that I couldn't. And so I felt absolutely horrible. I felt like the worst mother in the world because I couldn't do this with him. So I, um, sat down in a lawn chair and I watched my sister who helped him, you know, learn how to ride a bike. And I kind of made this vow to myself that when my younger son, Eli was five years old and wanted to learn how to ride his bike, that I would be the one to teach him. So I decided that I was going to lose the weight. And then, um, the running came later. Um, I, I absolutely hated exercise, hated, like I said, running was never a part of my plan. Um, but I did make a goal eventually after I'd lost about 40 pounds, I made a goal that I was going to, um, enter a 5k race and run it. And it was just going to be a one and done thing. Like I never planned to keep going. But, um, after that first 5k, I was just completely hooked. And I, um, you know, I had lost a lot of weight at that point and I just decided to keep going. I wanted to do a 10k and then a half marathon and eventually I did a marathon. So it just, um, it's addicting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we all know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the weight loss. Um, you've written that you found counting calories more liberating than being on Weight Watchers. Um, talk to us about that, because to me, counting pa- calories sounds pretty onerous. Like, how is it? How, do, how is it that that kind of frees you up? 
Yes. Well, I've always been um, very big on eating whatever I want to eat and not like I I don't ever want to be one of those people that just cuts out an entire food group or, um, you know, carbs or sugar. I, I love my dessert. There's no way that I'm willing to give that up. So by counting calories, I realized that I can eat anything at all that I want as long as I limit my portions. And so counting the calories in what I'm eating is, you know, a way to limit my portions so that I'm not eating too much. Um, but I can still eat anything that I want to. So, um, it just worked out really well for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the film and on your blog, you share about the surgery you've had since losing the weight. Can you go into a bit of detail about that surgery and your recovery, especially with how it affected your ability to exercise and run in the weeks and months post-surgery? Because we sometimes get questions like that on our Facebook page. So I know there's people out there who are interested in hearing you know, personal anecdotes about that. Yes. Um, after I had lost 125 pounds and I kept it off for about a year, I went to a plastic surgeon to see about getting the excess skin around my stomach uh, removed because it, when I was running, it was very uncomfortable. Um, the best way I can describe it is like trying to run without a sports bra on. <laughs> oh um, yeah, it was just like, just Ouch. it was just very, very uncomfortable. And so um, I had hoped maybe my insurance would cover it. And so um, I, you know, talked to the doctor, the doctor talked to my insurance company, they covered a, um, a good portion of it. And so I ended up having um, a lower body lift, which is like a tummy tuck, except it goes all the way around my midsection. And um, it removed, you know, all the excess skin there. And the recovery, um, the first week was pretty tough. I was um, just, I wasn't allowed to sit up or um, recline, like I had to either lay flat or stand for 10 mm -hmm. days. So, um, it was, it was kind of frustrating. Um, but after that initial week or two, then it, um, the recovery wasn't bad at all. I was actually cleared to start running. Um, I think eight days after my surgery, she's like, if wow. you want to start running, you can, but you don't have to. And I said, <laughs> you'd be, no, you'd be okay. standing, you know, you're upright. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I said, no, thank you. I'll wait. And so I waited until I was about, um, I think I was just shy of four weeks post-op before I ran And that first mile after my surgery was just, I thought I felt like a beginner again. I, I was so out of breath and just, it was awful. And then I, um, you know, wondered, Oh, did I make a big mistake? Is this, is, is it going to be like this forever? But, um, I gained my fitness back, you know, really quickly and, um, it started training for a marathon, um, just a couple months after that. So, um, mm. the recovery, you know, it really wasn't that bad. I followed my, um, instructions from my doctor very well. And, um, I didn't have any problems or complications or anything. So, That's so awesome. did you feel a significant difference then? I mean, was that second, yes. you know, was that, was it, did it feel like you were supported by your sports bra where yes. it needed to be? <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, yeah. at first I was wearing, um, a compression garment after my surgery, just, you know, to keep everything in place as I was running. But, um, even after I took that off, it just, it was just liberating. Like, um, I didn't have to, you know, stuff my extra skin into my clothes and, you know, find really restrictive things to wear. So it didn't bounce. And, um, I just felt a million times better. It was, it was so much more comfortable to run after that. That's awesome. Oh, well, so just... how did you shift your mentality? I mean, I think that, I mean, the physical shift is, is definitely very challenging. I can imagine, but how do you shift your mentality from, I used to weigh 250 pounds and now I'm running marathons because do you, you know, like that, that's a big self image change, right? Did you have to work on that as well? Yes, it's huge. And I still, you know, it's been six years and I still kind of don't really, um, 
I can't just really wrap my mind around it. Yeah. Um, I don't see myself as the size that I am now. I still kind of feel like I'm still that girl, you know, from 2009. Um, so every time I, I accomplish a big goal, especially for running, I'm just kind of amazed at myself. Like, I can't believe I just did, you know, I, I can't be, believe I ran a mile. I can't believe I ran a 5k and a 10k and a marathon. Um, and then just recently I PR'd my 10k, which was a huge, I trained really, really hard all winter to PR my 10k. And when I did that, I just was in awe that I was able to do something like that. It was, it, it you know, it was just crazy to me. I, um, I feel that's like awesome. it's a totally different person. <laughs> but oh, then well, congratulations. You come, that's awesome. Yeah. But do you come, I mean, I'm just, I just, so like, like when you see pictures of yourself or you saw yourself in the movie or I don't know, I mean, cause sometimes, you know, and I, you know, I look at myself sometimes in pictures. I'm like, that's what I look like. Right. And, I, <laughs> and I've always kind of looked the same my whole life. Right. Like I was just looking through some pictures of my sister's house last night from, you know, 20 years ago. So I can't imagine going through such a physical transformation and being like, wow, that's the same person, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I get, I mean, do you like have, do you like have little exercises you do with yourself or, you know, things you say to yourself to, cause I know that running as much as it's become more of an inclusive sport over the past, you know, couple decades, it's still an intimidating place sometimes. I mean, it are there is. things that you do to kind of, you know, psych yourself up and, and remind yourself that you belong in that crowd? Yeah. Well, um, not formally, but I do like, a lot of times when I look in the mirror, I, I don't see myself how I look now. So I'll, this sounds kind of silly, but <laughs> I have my husband take a picture of me before I go out sometimes so I can see, okay, this is what I look like. And it kind of helps reaffirm that I'm not the person I used to be. Sure. Um, so like I said, I know that sounds strange, but that's one way of, um, you know, fixing that. Um, and then now like running has become so popular with so many people that you see, you see women of all sizes mm -hmm. and shapes and ages. And so I feel like even if I was, you know, the same person that I was back then, I feel like I could still fit in as a runner. Um, if I was, you know, if, if I'm running, I'm, I'm a runner and I belong. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. um, I just try to remind myself, you know, that I, as long as I'm out there and, you know, running, then I, I can fit in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, do you have any advice for women who are maybe a little bit, you know, that don't look like the quote unquote typical runner, but still want to give it a go? I mean, I just, again, like, I'm just trying to kind of put myself in their shoes and think about showing up for a 5k when you know, you know, you're not going to be at the front of the pack, you know, you may not look like them. And, and yes, it is definitely a, a very varied landscape as far as physiques go now. And, and once you're in it, you can see that. But it's still, if you're looking in from the outside, you may not see that, right? Or you may yes. not realize that. So, I mean, what, you know, is, is there like going to a smaller race or hitting the treadmill and finding your groove there? Or is there anything like that, that when, you know, if, if I'm sure you've given out this advice on your website. No, it's, um, it's actually, I mean, it's very intimidating for someone who has never done it before. Like now that I'm, I'm so used to racing and running, it, I don't even really think of it anymore. But in the beginning, I, I remember being so intimidated and worried. It's, you know, like stepping into the gym for the first time where you think everybody mm -hmm. in there is just like these skinny little people with these, you know, great muscles and super in shape. But, um, I think, um, you said starting a small race, I think actually starting in a big race, um, is helpful. My first race was the Indy mini. Um, and it was, I think they have 35,000 people in that one. It was a half marathon and, um, it was, 
I walked this one, but having that many people, there are so, so many people that are either walking or walk running or, you know, just very slow runners. You, um, you know, your chances of being last are one in 35,000. So, um, <laughs> you know, increase that's those what... odds, increase those odds. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think, you know, choosing a really big race and especially, you know, big race has a lot of support, um, along the course that particular race had, you know, a ton of bands and there were so many spectators and just people cheering you on. Like you don't even really have time to worry about anything because you're just having so much fun. So I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, choosing a big race like that is, is actually a really great thing to do if you're worried about, um, you know, how you might fit in or just, you know, worried about your body image and things like that. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. That's a great point. The other thing, too, that I often think of and um, is I just feel like people, you know, people are so much more self self-absorbed than you mm-hmm. give them credit for. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like when I'm at the gym and especially if I'm like in intervals or something like that, like I am hundred percent in my body. Like I am not caring what anybody else is doing, you know? And I think sometimes when you feel like you're the sore thumb, like, Oh my gosh, everyone's watching me when in fact everyone's watching themselves. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> less, you know? Yeah. Or they all have their own insecurities that we just, we just can't know. Yeah, you know, you know, sure. you, you look at um, Katie, how adorable you were running yeah. the, you know, Key West Ragnar relay, and you know, no one would have guessed that you used to have to tuck your excess skin into your clothes before you would start running. So, yes. <laughs> so, so, um, so speaking of relays, the mother of all relays, the Hood to Coast, is this weekend here in Oregon, and um, so I'm thinking a few folks might have relays on the brain. So, um, to keep you on your advice giving streak, um, what th- maybe what three pieces of advice would you give to uh, relay race virgins? Okay. The, I was so intimidated, um, for before my first Ragnar and there's really no reason to be Ragnar's. Well, any kind of overnight relay is, um, all about having fun. There's very, very few teams that are there like in it to win it. Everybody mm-hmm. is there just to have mm-hmm. a really good time. And I, I don't think anybody really cares what your pace is or how you look or anything like that. I think everyone is truly there just to have a good time. So if you go and, um, you know, support your team, you know, you're loud and you cheer for people and, um, things like that, you're, you're going to have a good time. Um, another piece of advice would be to pack everything in, um, three separate bags so that you have, yeah, like you can, um, just take one bag and this is everything that I need for my first run. And then the second bag is everything you need for your second run. Otherwise it's kind of confusing if you just have it all jumbled together and then you're pulling out, you know, your dirty shirts with your, you know, clean pants and things like that. Um, yeah, and and for me, those those were just you know like Walgreens bags, like plastic you know from the supermarket bags or you know Gap bags. They are like we're definitely not saying you know bring three separate duffel bags, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you could do that. I, I have to say, I was very impressed by the color coordination you guys did. Like you were pink the first round. Oh, I know. <laughs> yellow and then orange or something. I can't remember. Well, yes, we did pink, yellow, and orange. And I can't yeah. even remember why we came up with those colors, but we thought it would, we didn't want to have to get like three separate shirts made for every person. Um, so yeah. we just decided let's just do colors and we kind of coordinated that way. But I know um, I was impressed you could find pink shirts for the men. That was, that was good. I noticed that like on Rick's sleeve, there was, um, uh, you know, race for the cure type logo. So I was thinking, Oh, okay. Maybe, you know, they sell men's shirts for you know breast cancer awareness month or something. Yeah. I didn't even think of to ask them where they got their shirts, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your third third tip? Okay, my third tip, um, probably, 
Is there something with food? Because I mean, food. I know that's what I was means. thinking too. Yeah. The one, one that, like, there was one woman. Um, I, I'm so bad with names, but you know, she was eating an apple. And she's like, "I'm hungry, hungry, hungry," and I'm like, "Do oh, they not have any food in their van?" Like, and I know that she's goes gluten free and lactose intolerant. and had some obviously some eating modifications, but I was like, "Oh my gosh, you got to have like you know, you don't need to necessarily have Twizzlers and you know Nutter Butters, but you got to have some some yes. fuel, well, right? Keep in mind, this was a group of people that we had all lost, you know, an average of 100 pounds each. So like food. Yeah was an issue for everybody pretty much. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so when you're running an overnight relay, like you need all the snacks and, um, we, my van, we had quite a few snacks, I think. Um, but yeah, like definitely pack things that are, you know, really portable, easy to eat, um, in a van, you know, like you're not going to be, um, you know, making these like full course meals or anything while you're, mm-hmm. um, in the van. But, um, another thing we did, which was really helpful. And I, um, I don't know if I did this during, no, not during this particular Ragnar, but another Ragnar, we did this, um, where we had a hotel room halfway through the race. And so each of the teams got to use it to take, you know, a nap for a couple of hours and shower and then keep Mm. going. So that was really helpful and it was cheap. It was like, you know, 10 bucks a person or something. And, um, it was really helpful for us. So, um, I can I can hear you saying the front desk guy. Yeah, we need twelve keys. Yeah. <laughs> right, like twelve towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> People are using sheets to dry off pillowcases. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that I just thought of too. Is we had we stopped at a dollar store and bought some um, shower curtains to to put on our seats in the van because we were all so sweaty and gross. <laughs> well, and, and at first, like it was clear how hot you guys were. I mean, the humidity was mm-hmm. crazy, and you were coming to you know Miami to Key West. You know, coming from was it what month was it? Is it January or something? It was January, the very beginning of January. But yes, um, I was coming from, you know, cold Michigan, snowy, and then going to Miami where it was, you know, like 90 degrees and 100% humidity and just it was the total opposite of what um, we had hoped. Basically, we thought, okay, it'll be, you know, it's Florida in January, it shouldn't be too bad. But um, no, it was definitely much harder than we expected it to be because of the humidity and the heat. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. There was the the one runner who... um... Yeah, who uh, I guess I think her name was Leela, maybe. And Leela. Um, she, yeah, so she quoted you. She goes, Yeah, like Katie said, it was so fing humid. Yes. <laughs> like, nice. She doesn't even, like, you know, attribute it to herself. She's like, Oh, yeah, Katie nope. said it first. <laughs> yes. And then I think that became the whole theme of the entire race is everybody's talking about how fing humid it is in Miami. <laughs> 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 well, so what was it like? I mean, and I, you've, you've obviously made your whole running journey and your weight loss journey very public, but, um, but you guys were like uh, in a special little Petri dish in Ragnar um, Key West because not only did you have your like photo name and weight loss plastered on the side of the van, <laughs> but then you had these like camera crews following you around everywhere. I mean, how was that? Did you, did you get a lot of questions or yes. you know, comments? Yeah, um, it was it was kind of fun having, you know, the spotlight on us. But it was also like, I'm a very shy person, believe it or not, like, even though I do have everything plastered on the internet. um, I don't really like being in the spotlight. So I was kind of nervous about it. And then I don't know if you um, saw the film, but at the beginning of the film, Mm -hmm. they have me go to the starting line. And like, they they call me up to the front and center of the starting line. (laughs) And I was horrified. Like, I don't know, like, my face just felt like it was on fire. 
but um oh but so you look had... so darling I, all i thought was oh my gosh she looks so cute with your cape and you just look you have this darling smile on your face and you just like kind of demurely wave and um, <laughs> well oh. thank you i was dying inside but no it was a lot of fun and then one of the we laughed so hard because when um we were in the van you couldn't tell that we were like the windows were tinted so you couldn't see us in there but we had all these people coming up to a, our van and you know pointing at our pictures and talking about us and so we felt like we were like these zoo animals where people are just coming and like looking at us um but it was you know it was a lot of fun and then having the camera crew was actually really helpful sometimes like on the night leg when I was it was a really scary night leg for me and then going through Miami there were some kind of sketchy areas <laughs> and so having the camera crew there I felt you know a little safer being able to you know say something if needed but um you know having them eventually it kind of felt like we I, I didn't even notice they were there anymore like they were just very quiet and you know stayed out of the way and um, so it was, you know, we just kind of went along as if they weren't really there. Oh, huh. Help keep track of the runners. Cause that's one thing with the relay race. Sometimes it's so easy to lose your runner or not know that you're at the same handoff station or something, yes. but you're just on separate sides of it. So it's like, Hey, just go where the cameras are. That's where they'll be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. So it looks like you have a lot of running friends, both there in Michigan and who you've met via your blog. Um, mm -hmm. How do they help keep you motivated and accountable with your running and your weight maintenance? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, like I said, just recently I um, did my, I PR'd my 10K. So I went out to mm -hmm. visit my friend Thomas in Portland, actually. And um, mm -hmm. he I saw that, yeah. Me, yeah, so he paced me to my 10K. And I know if he hadn't been pacing me, there's no way that I would have hit my goal oh, for that I, day. Um, I have to he, ask, which race was it? It was the Blooms to Bruise in, um, uh, it was in Washington, like Woodlands or something like that, Washington. Oh, oh um, okay. He right. lives in Portland, so we were staying in Portland, uh -huh. but um, we, yep. we drove up there for the race. And uh -huh. um, so having someone pace me, like, you know, if, like I said, if he hadn't been pacing me, there's no way I would have hit that goal. And then I would be stressing about it all summer long. So, mm -hmm. um, and he's, you know, my, my fast running friend. So I knew that he'd be able to help me with that. Um, and then there are just, I've met so many readers of my, he was a reader of my blog and that's how I met him, but I've met so many other readers of my blog that are just have these amazing stories. Like they will, you know, email me their own weight loss stories or running stories and they just are so inspiring. And, um, it's just, it helps keep me going, I guess. Um, there are some times where I just really don't want to do it anymore. You know, like I'm just tired of it sometimes, but then reading mm -hmm. stuff like that helps keep me motivated and keep me going. And, um, you know, makes me look forward to setting new goals and working on improving myself all the time. That's awesome. That's so what, so what do you have next since you, you know, just ripped through a 10 K or. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked doing the shorter distance that I'm just not meant to be a marathon runner. I don't think I don't really enjoy the long runs. Um, so I loved training for that 10 K and then my next, um, I'm not, I don't have any big goals for fall, but I'm going to do, um, the Indy mini again in May. I, I've done that race four times and then I've gotten away from it the past few years. So I decided I'm going to do that again. I haven't done a half marathon in a couple of years. So that's going to be my next, um, you know, big race will be in May for the Indy mini. Awesome. Let's go back to where it started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Katie. Continued success um, with the movie, with your blog, with your running, um, and many happy miles to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun talking to you.
So that was great getting to talk to two of them from the from the film. Yeah, and I gotta say the film is very much a Ragnar reality. Like it brought me back <laughs> to races very Oh it totally much. totally did. Oh my gosh. Even just just everything. I mean, you know, seeing Katie in that tutu, I'm like, right, wearing tutus, tutus is the best way like, to relay. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing your vest and you know, and during the um I was gonna say office hours, during the like the morning hours when it's still possible that cars won't see you and mm-hmm. um, wearing your vest all night long. And then I got to say, I give major props to the photographers because, um, I mean, I remember having Tanner from Ragnar on our podcast a long, long time ago when we were yeah. talking about Ragnar Key West. And I'm like, to me, that just sounds like flat and long, right? With ocean, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. so, I mean, it's not like you have like scenic views around you. Like, like Katie said, they're running through like, you know, sketchy parts of downtown Miami at times, you know, and, but they did a good job of like shooting from like behind the, the leaves or, you know, from a different angle or trying to like make like a sidewalk in random, oh, know. you know, suburbia, but not look <laughs> like was... a sidewalk in random suburbia. <laughs> that was what I did. I definitely thought I'm like, well, there's a lot of sidewalk running going on here. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, I, think, well, I think we're used to a little bit more country roads in, in the two that we've done. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, well, it reminded me a little bit of Napa, right? Because mm-hmm. we did go through like, you know, you were running by McDonald's going to Napa in that Napa one, just because it's mm-hmm. a busy touristy place right it's not mm-hmm. cumberland maryland <laughs> which is not a busy touristy place <laughs> no disrespect to cumberland but you know yeah, um yeah. anyway but yeah i thought they did a great job and it was fun it definitely kind of got me like a little nostalgic and maybe fired oh. up for another ragnar at some point oh look at that look, look at that. that i know <laughs> okay dim here you are what what inspiration or success do you want to share with us this week from the train like a mother club the train like a mother club corner well so um this is kind of a little bit deep, but it kind of goes along with the conversation we just had. Um, Kathy Pate, who is in the um, Train Like a Mother Heart Rate Marathon Plan, you know, she's, um, people are definitely uh, not struggling necessarily, but they're having meltdowns and then they're coming back, like any training plan, like, oh my gosh, life gets in the way, or oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing improvement like I want to, or... Or it's a long time to be doing this Yeah, or I'm sick Mm -hmm. or whatever. So she's like, okay, so she's coming back. She's like, she's giving an update two weeks after her almost meltdown, almost meltdown, she said. Um, Thanks to you, I stayed the course um, and kept going. Um, And she has a very, very long post, but um, I won't read the whole thing. But she says, you know, point two is... um, As a speaker at Canyon Ranch said a few years ago on a spa weekend, your body is perfect, as in a perfect reflection of how you've been treating it right now. Not last week, not last year. Um, Amy Blake, who all of us know from the AMR in Saucony last year, she said, your comment about when I wasn't comparing pace resonated here. I tracked my eating and guess what? All that protein I thought I'd been eating, not so much. I have made an appointment with a nutritionist. I'm eating real, actual, full servings of protein. I'm also down three pounds, go figure, even after a week of non-running. Um, mm. Which is interesting. We've been talking a lot about, yes, protein and vegetables. And um, and I just love that your body is perfect, as in it is a reflection of how you treat it. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, like, self-care and... Um, stuff that's going on off the road in the heart rate challenges, particularly, um, which has been um, surprising and also like crazy fulfilling too. So um, mm-hmm. gosh, there's just so many levels we can go to in these challenges. It's been really, really cool. Awesome. 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 And certainly Kathy's name is very familiar. She's been with us for a lot of her um, training over the past couple of years. So it's nice that she is exploring new options in in the club. So awesome. Exactly. 
Yeah. So speaking of the club there, Dimity, um, <laughs> new options in the club. I know that yeah. we just launched some fall train like a mother club. Yeah, plans. there's so, so much going that. on. Yeah, there's it's really exciting. Um, so Polar is sponsoring the Heart Rate 101. So we are turning that into the Polar Heart Rate 101, the basics of learning to train by beats, you know, because it has to have some kind of cute little title to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's really great. 101 is a great program for anybody who um, wants to learn how to train by heart rate or just wants, you know, a group to kind of keep moving um, through, you know, now we're in school, right? School year can either be a good thing for you or it can be hard depending upon, you know, your schedule and you know, the rhythm of your days. So that's a good one to keep yourself motivated without a race at the end. Similarly, so that's, that's called the Saucony Stride into the School Year, and that's a five-week plan? Yep, the other one is Saucony Stride into the School Year. So there's a par- Polar Heart Rate 101. Oh. So that's for mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, strap on a Polar Heart Rate Monitor. And then the second one is Saucony Stride into the School Year. And that's a little bit different in that um, it's more running and strength-based. It's five weeks of workouts that, um, again, give that um, great community aspect that we love in the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, and no workout, well, I won't say no workout is repeated. Very few workouts are repeated. So every day, it's almost a different workout um, with the exception of the long run on Saturdays. And then there's every week, there's just a simple, easy run. So you can, you know, not have to go chart your tempo or, you know, mm-hmm. it's not extra work. It's just get out the door and go. Um, but those are really cool because... Um, mm-hmm. They just, the, I, I post the workout every morning on the Facebook page in that group and on the Saucony Stride into the ho- uh, Stride into the School Year. And um, so there's a lot of chatter about it and how mm-hmm. you did it or if you're going to do it later or that kind of stuff. Um, and then we've got our Bammer Coffee House, of course, which, um, <laughs> like, I feel like, uh, I'm like, what else do I have in my bag of trips? I know, but it also, I almost see it as like a um, little town um, main drag, you know. So yes. there's the Saucony stride into the school year, and it's next to the Bammer Coffee House. And oh, look, here comes Kathy strolling down the street with her heart, polar heart rate monitor on. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but I mean, that this one came up because we did get. Um, Gosh, I would say at least 10 requests from random people, you know, people who have been in challenges and they really love the community aspect of it and the motivation and that kind of thing. But they were either on a training plan, like an individual training plan, or they're training for a triathlon, or mm-hmm. maybe they're not training for anything, but they just wanted, you know, they don't have any running friends and they just wanted some like-minded women to hang out with that the AMR Facebook page is awesome, but it's, you know, that's kind of like a mall and this is like a nice little boutique in the mall right <laughs> um and it's, it's 15 dollars a month um to come into that facebook page and we're gonna you know definitely we have some you know great discounts to offer you we will do some um live videos with coaches and other experts and stuff so it's not just like coming into a facebook page and charging mm-hmm. you for that mm-hmm. i mean there'll definitely be some resources but it's not as you know um full service as a straight up straight up challenge so, yeah, there's a lot of goods. And there's a Heart Rate 102 plan. There is um, mm. some training for winter races. I mean, there's just a lot to see over at the trainlikeamother.club. So uh-huh. stroll on over to Main Street and, you know, hang out with your with your fellow mother runners. <laughs> no, I think I need to build like a Lego village. I know, right? Train Like a Mother Club. <laughs> hey, I'd like to say that if somebody could really have their kids do a whole Lego thing that would look like that, I say let's give them a free entry. Oh, you to can be in any program. Train like a you mother a, club a, of it's their the first choice. One. Yeah, whoever can get it done first, you can, you know, or maybe yeah, we have a contest yeah, so, so we can vote on it. Um, right, right. So, so maybe tweet us, 
tweet us pictures. Let's we are thinking this up on the fly, like hashtag like Talam Lego maybe or something. Um, like. Talam Main Street. Talam Main yeah. Street. T-L-A-M Main Street with Legos or anything else if you want to draw a picture of it or something like that. It would just be fun. I mean, because it is, sometimes I see it as, I do see it as a community. I mean, with the Bammer Coffee House, I'm like, I just wish there was a way that we could like take their order, right? And serve like, you know, um, fruit punch noon or, you know, a good, you know, after coffee drink or something like that. Or after run coffee drink. Yeah. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, whether you're running, you know, down Main Street or, or wherever. In a wherever, Ragnar Key West, right? Yes, yes. Many happy miles to you. Yeah.